0: So glad you're here today. Are you glad to be here today? We are in our second series, second message on this series called Bloom. We're spending this springtime talking about living a flourishing life. And I want to ask you one more time, because I asked you last week and a whole bunch of you raised your hand. You may have forgotten about it. How many of you want to live a flourishing life? Okay, good. That's the majority of us, and we'll keep on preaching. Otherwise, we're going to go to Burger Up, all right? We're going to keep on preaching right now. Last week, we looked at the prophet Isaiah, and we talked about to flourish, you need to find a way to get into God's presence, spend time in God's presence. And, uh, you know, there is a difference in the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. The omnipresence of God is he's everywhere at the same time. That's when David said, where can I go to get away from you? I I can't. I go to the highest height, the lowest lows. You're there. That's the omnipresence of God. Um, Just to clarify that a little bit for some of you that still don't quite understand the difference. uh, This is where Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm omnipresent. But the manifest presence of God is when the unseen becomes seen. When the unheard becomes heard. When the unknown becomes known. That's when miracles happen. That's when the hair stands up on the back of your head. That's when you feel things, understand things. How many know what I'm talking about? That song, that, that, that's the manifest presence of God. When God shows up in reality. Hey. I'm here, all right? And you know when things shift. For me, it shifted this morning when I heard an entire audience saying, sweet, sweet Jesus. It was like, man, you can just see, he goes, oh, they're singing about me. Because he's heard his name taken in vain all week long, all right? He's had all kind of things put before his name. And so when suddenly his children are saying, sweet, sweet Jesus, he's like, come on, baby, sing that to me some more, Amen. And that's when he shows up. That's the manifest presence of God. So, we spent time looking at the prophet Isaiah, talking about flourishing in God's presence. Today, I want us to look at the prophet Ezekiel. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel uh, prophesies to the nation of Israel, and so many things that he says happened then, and some of them are still coming to pass. But there's something really, really uh, cool that happens from Ezekiel 40 to Ezekiel 46, you find that God starts giving Ezekiel very clear directives on how to build a temple. Everybody say a temple. Now, this temple was never built. And so many theologians believe that it is, it's a temple that's going to be built at some point many believe that it's symbolic of heaven and some of us me included believe it's a symbolic of the body of christ that it's who we are it would be an interesting study though for you to go read as ezekiel 40 through 46 and look at all of the precise details that god gives him so finally uh, it's complete the god has given him the details how you're supposed to build it, everything's done, and now we move into Ezekiel 47 and 1. So that's where we're going to start today. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing through the south side of the east gateway, verse number six. He asked me, "Have you been watching, son of man?" Then he led me back along the river bank, and when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Everybody say, "Many trees." And then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea, and the waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. That's a powerful passage right there as well. Wherever the living water flows, even into deserts and death, it brings life. Come on. Can I get a hills amen on that one right there? Verse number 12. We're going to spend some time in verse number 12 today. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fail, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. There are some great insights in this passage on how to live a flourishing life life so if you're taking notes get ready if you're not taking notes get ready all right but I need you to be I need you to have a a, a little ADD today because I need you to be able to amen and write okay at the same time that's not ADD what would that multitask ADD whatever okay you call it ADD I call it multitasking all right the first thing to notice is this the river was flowing out of the temple once the temple is built Ezekiel, I'm going to say Isaiah all day day long. So if I say Isaiah, I'm talking about Ezekiel, okay? Y'all got me? Uh, Ezekiel said as soon as the temple was built, he noticed something. The water was flowing out of the temple, and wherever the water went, it brought life. Into the desert and into the Dead Sea, there was life. The river always flows out of the temple. God does not measure success by what flows in, but by what flows out. I'm going to say it again. God does not measure success by what flows in. He measures success by what is flowing out. That's why he said, to whom much is given, much is required. Because what's flowing in, that's God's gift to you. But what flows out is your gift to God. Someone write that down. I need to use that at the next service. And I would encourage you, and I know this has impacted me, to start doing the same thing. I am now starting to think about success based on this measurement. Instead of measuring what's coming in, and that's saying, wow, I'm a successful person in this. What's really going out? Measure, measure your relationships this way. Not what can you get from them, what can you give to them. Yes. Not how can they serve you, how can you serve them. Uh-oh, pastor, I'm going to preaching now, right? Yes. Measure your finances this way. How much, not how much is ha- ha- do you have, how much are you able to give? Yes. The only reason there's more coming in is so that more can go out. Yes. Measure church this way. I've been around churches that are so inward-focused Everything was about what can we get? How many people can we get? How much Holy Spirit can we get in this room? How, how, how many people? And, and we have these watermarks, man, back in the day. That's where it was right there. Come on. That's not how God measures a great church. God measures a great church not by what's coming in, but to what's going out. Yes. Yeah. Measure your career this way. How do you measure the success of a career? How much is your career allowing you to give and serve? Yeah. Listen. Because for many of you, as you climb the corporate ladder, your time gets constricted and constricted and constricted. That's not how God wants it to be. God wants as you begin to grow in your career that it frees up more time for you to be able to serve and to do things. So think through that. Amen? The river flows out of the temple. And it is God's desire for us to live a flowing and flourishing life. Write that down. It is God's desire for us to live a flowing and flourishing life. John 7 and 37. Am I going too fast for y'all because I'm fired up? It must DJ, the jitters must be contagious, bro, okay? Because I'm feeling it. John 7 and 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Okay, there's the infilling, right? It's coming into you. You're going to receive. But look at the very next thing he says. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It's not about us just receiving. It's about what is coming out of us. God wants you and I to be the type of people that everywhere we go, life is flowing out of us. When you're in a conversation, life is coming out of you. When you're in a relationship, life is coming out of you. When you walk into the office, when you walk down the hallway, when I walk into a place that I've never been before, my goal is always how much life can I leave in this place before I leave? Not how much will they like me. That used to be my goal. My goal used to be, can I get these people to like me? Because that was my fear of rejection. Now it's shifted for me. I want to see how much life can I leave in this person before I leave. Amen? How many of you sometimes walk into a room seeing what you can get out of it? Nod your head. If you do, what can I get? How can I figure? No, walk in, how much can I give? How much can I pour out? Now I've gone from pastoring to preaching to meddling. Now we just keep getting deeper into it. I want us to zero in on verse number 12. We're going to stay in that for just a little while. So if you're have, if you reading from a Bible or you have it on your device, just be verse 12, stay in verse 12. We'll go to a couple other passages, but that's going to be where we're going to land for a little bit. So number one, the river is flowing out of the temple. Number two, another insight that I find in Ezekiel is this. If you want to flourish, you've got to stay near the river. If you want to flourish, you got to stay near the river. Look, it says fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. If you want to flourish, you got to stay close to the river. Come on, can I have any any Pentecostals in the place today, huh? Any charismatics in the place? Yeah, any Baptist Presbyterians that wish you had a little charismatic (laughs) Pentecostal? Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? The scripture that I just read, John 7, let's read it again, 38. He believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. To really flourish, you and I must need to, we must make sure that we're staying near the Holy Spirit. The presence of God, the moving of the Holy Spirit. You need to be be seeking after, we need to be seeking after a spirit-led, spirit-filled life, okay? Long for it. And maybe your background, you were never taught about a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Long for it. Read scriptures about it. Read books about it. It is the greatest life you could ever live when you're being led and directed by the Holy Spirit. That's how you flourish. I look at people all the time. That I'm like, man, that person has got it on them. They just need the Holy Spirit. They just, they just need more of the Holy Spirit in their life. Yeah. It, it, it just turns, it activates things. It switches things on. It, these gifts that are already in you, suddenly it just, goes, it just flips them on. Like, let's go. <laughs> it's next level. Everybody say next level. Fruit trees of all kinds, verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along the both sides of the river. Number three, insight that I find. Flourishing trees grow on the banks. Flourishing trees grow on the banks. Trees do not grow in the river. Or as the songwriter may say, they don't grow in the flow. They grow on the banks. For you and I to have a flourishing life, we have to have form and flow. You have to have both because I've been around people that just say, man, I'm just gonna flow. I'm gonna flow. And what you find is there's not a lot of steady, solid foundational growth in their life. And then I found people that say, we're gonna have form, but there's no flow. The scripture says there's a fo- there are folks that have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. You can't have just flow and just form. you got to have both. And here's what I've found. As long as I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to create the banks, everything's good. It's when I start trying to create the banks and create the form and damn things up. That's when things get in trouble. Everybody say form and flow. You got to have both in your life. Just think about your everyday life. If you are, if you, if all you have is creativity and no administration, that's a luchador, by the way. If you won't know what that means, he's been unmasked. <laughs> really, it's the cutest thing. He showed up today with an entire luchador mask on, uh, and, and, so, and and they just unmask him, so he's upset about it. <laughs> One of my favorite things ever. Everybody say form and flow. Okay, everyday life. Listen, if you just have creativity and no administration, right? It's just this. But if you got all administration and no creativity, it's just. This is where processes come in, this is where budgets come in, this is where strategic planning comes in. Trees grow on the banks. Look, I don't like it either. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like it, all right? That's why I surround myself with people that are great with these things. They can help me. Like, great, That's awesome, Pastor John. But what's the bullet points, okay? How are we going to do it? What about your relationships? This is why you can't just have flow. You've got to have boundaries. You need boundaries in your relationships. You've got to set expectations. The worst thing you can ever do is have someone guessing what you want from them all the time. That's why you set expectations. You said, this is what I'd like in this. This is what I'm going to give. This is what I'd like for you to give. You set these. This is the form and the flow. Y'all, this is good preaching right here. I'll amen myself. Amen, Pastor John. That's a good word. What about your spiritual life? Have you ever met someone that was just always all about the flow and the presence, and that's all they really cared about, but there was no solid doctrine in their life? What do you believe? I just believe in me. No, 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 no. We need, some, I need something I can hold on to. I, can, I need something we can stand on, okay? Stand on it. Y'all, right now, like, he's standing on the Bible. That's sacrilegious. It's strong. It can handle it. Don't worry. The <laughs> Bible says everything must be done decently and in order. And that's why why we're a church that believes in the flow of the Holy Spirit. But we also have processes. We also, you know something that makes me, something that puts a red flag on me as a pastor? Anytime someone wants to skip our processes. Anytime somebody says, do I have to go to intro? Do I have to serve? Do I have to give? Do I have to go to a gathering? Anytime someone says that to me, it's a little red flag for me. Because that's someone that's wanting to bypass the process, and that's they're creating their own little dam to get around. This is how this is the vision that God's given us as a church. This is how we do things, and this is this is how everybody does it this way. All right. Look at your neighbor. And say, I don't think he's talking about you. Look at your other neighbor and say, I think it was you. You're you're the one. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) Hey, look, look at this. Say it with me again. Form and flow. All right, look look at the verse before verse 12. Ezekiel 47 and 11. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Wherever the river flows, there is life except for the swamps. What is a swamp? A river with no banks. That's a swamp. Don't have a swampy life. Get some form in your life. Get some formality in your life. Get some function in your life. Get, and if you're not good at it, get someone around you that is good at it. Back to verse 12. The fruit trees of all kind will grow along the, both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month. The fourth insight that I found in this is that flourishing trees are always in bloom. Flourishing trees are always in bloom. God is looking for flourishing, fruitful folks and not just seasonally, not just around Easter or around Christmas. Does he love those people? Yes, but who he's really looking for, the people he wants to do a great work through are the people that every single day they are flourishing and fruitful. This is why Paul told Timothy, be be ready, be prepared in season and out of season. Always be ready, Timothy. At any point, be ready in season and out of season. Look at John 15 and 1. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So if you're not bearing fruit, you get cut down. If you are bearing fruit, you get cut so that you will bear more fruit. Either way, you're getting cut on, okay? So don't get upset when things start getting pruned off of you. And I want to say something else to you. Listen carefully. Fruitfulness is not an elective. Living a fruitful life is not something that we just get to do. No, it is a command. He has planted us so that we would be fruitful. Verse 8 of John 15 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So God doesn't just want us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear a lot of fruit. Everybody say much. Much. You know the Greek of that is what? A lot. A A bunch. A whole bunch. whole bunch of fruit. That's what he wants us, I think maybe that's the Greek word, whole bunch of, right? Whole bunch of fruit. Look at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and what? And this is powerful, and that your fruit will last. So God doesn't just want us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear a lot of fruit. He doesn't just want us to bear a lot of fruit. He wants our fruit to last. Always in bloom. Always in bloom. Not a seed, not a, man. You don't take a break from bearing fruit. I just need a break. Okay, I say, Okay, well, take a break. It's called Saturday, okay? Take a Saturday. Take a breather. It's called a vacation, okay? Take a vacation. Don't take six months and just go, just, it's going to be me time now. Me time. Me time. That's when you get in trouble. As a pastor, I can tell you, 30 years of pastoring, anybody that says, I need me time, that's selfishness, and it never turns into anything good. Never. Now, I'm not talking about going away to the mountain to fast and pray, okay? That's a different thing. But I'm talking about, I just, I just got to gotta, gotta focus on me. Bad idea. Bad idea. There you are, flowing into you, navel gazing. Oh, me, me. God is looking for people that are fruitful and flourishing and always fruitful and flourishing. And no fake fruit, by the way, Okay? How many have ever walked up to a table and took a big bite out of just a wax apple? Raise your hands. No, just me and you, just us back there, I was at a restaurant this past week. I was staying in a hotel that was based on an Italian villa. It was a beautiful hotel in Austin, Texas, and they had an italian restaurant and and I went down for breakfast uh, no, not breakfast. I went down for a, a snack before the for the uh, meeting and on all of the on all of the tables, they had these beautiful vases with this amazing uh, like decoration coming out of it. And I just sat there, man, that is beautiful. It was on all the tables, it was beautiful. And I said, man, that smells really good like this. I am I'm supposed to eat that. Could I eat it? And I wanted so bad just to take a bite of it. like... Maybe so. Finally, this lady came and sat down right over here, and she had been there before. She reached right in, and started eating it. It was breadsticks. That's a great idea, right? For decorations, they had breadsticks, and these beautiful little breadsticks, but I have bitten into so much fake fruit that I was not about. Look at what, look what happens in Mark 11. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, now remember, this is right after the triumphant entry. Jesus has just showed up. What we'll be celebrating next week, Palm Sunday. Jesus just showed up. They're throwing palm branches down. They're throwing coats down. They're saying, Hosanna, you are the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then this is the very next morning. As they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. The next morning they come walking by and that tree had been cursed and dried up. That seems brutal, doesn't it? It's symbolic. It was, it's, it's a thing that Jesus was making a point here. The tree looked like it had fruit, but it didn't. Jesus has just come from the triumphant entry where people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And he knew the same people in a few days would say, Crucify, crucify, crucify. And he was making a statement. He cannot put up with people that put on a show. Jesus is truth. God cannot lie. And he can't put up with people that live a lie. So I want to ask you today, do you have fake fruit or real fruit? Do you put the show on so everybody can look at you and go, man, that's a great life. That's not what God wants for you. Matter of fact, God detests that. God wants real fruit being birthed in our life and formed from the living river that is flowing through us. Matthew seven fifteen says this. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Listen to this. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. God is looking for people that bear real lasting fruit that remains and a whole bunch of it. Because this is what glorifies God. Fake fruit does not glorify God. And fake fruit is bad for you as well. Amen? Our last point today. Fruit trees, verse 12. Fruit trees of all kind will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. There will always be fruit from their branches. There will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. And here we go. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. The fifth insight that stands out to me, the last insight that stands out to me from Ezekiel is, the blooming has a purpose. God does not want us just to have lives that flourish just so we can go, man, aren't we pretty? It, look at all look at, look at the, the flowers and sniff the pollen. That's not what God is after. God is after us producing something that can bring healing and feeding. And this is the call of the church to feed and to heal. Remember, Jared spoke on it a couple of weeks ago when Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? And he said, I love you. Feed my sheep. This is the calling that we would produce something in our life that can feed others and can provide healing others, both spiritually and physically. And this all begins with a flourishing life. Listen, you cannot heal or feed the nations if you don't have abundance. If all you're able to produce is just enough for you to survive, you're not going to heal or feed anybody else. That's why we've got to have more fruit than ever. That's why we need flourishing lives more than ever. And a flourishing life begins in God's house where the river of life is flowing. Amen. Amen. Come on, how many to receive this word this morning? Receive it. Thank you, Lord. I want us to be a church that is flourishing. I want us to be a church that is thriving. I, I want us to have so many testimonies we can't keep up with them. That's what I'm believing for. Close your eyes. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. You're such a good God. You're a great God. You do all things well. And God, I know that you brought us here to this moment right here, right now because there are folks that needed to hear what was said today. I thank you for it, Lord. I want you today to make a new commitment to live a flourishing, fruitful life. A brand new commitment where well, you're not just thinking about you, but you're thinking about what can I do in my life to flow into others, to produce something in others? What kind of grace can I give? What kind of joy can I give? What, what kind of hope can I give in other people? If you've been focused on, on the river and what's flowing in instead of what's flowing out, why don't you change that mindset today? Just ask God to forgive you of that and just change your mindset today. And spend the next week thinking about others, caring for them and loving them. If this morning you want to make a recommitment to a flourishing, fruitful life, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I I want to commit my life to have a flourishing and fruitful life. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see the hands that are raised right now, and I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that by your power and by your grace and by your glory that you would help us do this, Lord. Prune away anything that would make us less than abundant. Take it away. I pray, God, for more Holy Spirit in our life than we've ever had before. I mean the manifest presence of God in our life, Lord. We thank you for it. Show up in our cars, in our homes, Lord, in our services. Show up right here, right now in Jesus' name. Put your hand down. Thank you. Anyone else this morning that would like to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ? This is something we do nearly every Sunday where we give people an opportunity to, to make a fresh start with Jesus where you're saying, you know what? I, I want to live a flourishing life and I know that only starts with the freshness of the Holy Spirit in my life and I want Jesus more than ever before. Maybe you've never even asked Jesus into your life or maybe, maybe you've been a believer but you've never just dove fully into that living river called the Holy Spirit and the, a and the spiritual life. If you want that today... We're not going to ask you to come up front. We're not going to sprinkle water on you. We're not going to do anything, all right? But just right where you are, if you want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ to live a flourishing and fruitful life, just raise your hand right where you are. Thank you, sir. Come on. Anyone else today? A couple more. Raising your hand. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's amazing. Come on. All right. I want everybody to open your eyes and stand to your feet. Come on. Let's get up. Woo. Holy Ghost fiddle right there. Love it. Raise your right hand. Come on up high. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I put my focus on you. I ask for you to cover me with your blood. I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. You are my focus. I pray you would flow through me. Let me be a blessing to others. Fill me with that living river that I may live a fruitful life, abundant, overflowing, and eternal in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, take a deep breath and just shout amen today. Let's celebrate today with these folks that made fresh starts this morning. If you made a fresh start today, I want to make sure that, that you take one of those connect cards that we talked about a moment ago and I want you to check on it. I made a fresh start, or I want to join a gathering, or I I want to go through intro. Intro is next week, isn't that right? The second Sunday of, is it the second Sunday? Yeah, next week is intro. I want to encourage you. uh, If you've never been through intro, that's where everybody starts. It's the beginning of our process and assimilation here at the Hills. So check that. I want to go through intro and take it out to our next steps area. If you made a fresh start today, we've got a fresh start book for you we got a free Bible for you. We want to help you in your next several days in your journey with Jesus Christ. And then all of our guests, please make sure you take your Connect card to our guest services. we got a really special gift for you. You're going to enjoy it every single morning, and you may get a giggle out of it as well. All right, Easter, don't forget. Grab a handful of those, uh, those invite cards, both the grown-ups and the kids and children. Take them invite a whole bunch of people. And uh, how many are planning to come to our Saturday evening service? Raise your hand. Awesome, I love that, great. I would, I would encourage you to come to Saturday. You got folks that want to go to a Sunday, bring them to Sunday too. Uh, it's gonna to be great. Be praying over it, be praying over those invite cards and let God lead you. Thank you for being here today. Do I remember everything? We good? Our prayer team is going to be up front. If you would like special prayer today, uh, man, these people know how to pray. You just want someone to grab your hand and agree with you, they're going to be here today. All right? Uh, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make His face shine upon you. And I pray He blows your mind with His blessings this week. God bless. Have a great, great Sunday. We'll see you next week.